the Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and friends. Welcome to the show. This is another episode of The Boys of Tech, New Zealand's longest running tech podcast. This is episode 352 for the week commencing Monday the 5th of October 2015. My name is Edwin Herman here in the studio in Wellington and joining me from the South Island of New Zealand in... What's the adjective that goes before Christchurch? Sunny Christchurch? Canterbury? No. Sunny? It was sunny today. Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to think. Well, what do we, yeah, what do we normally call? I don't know call? if it is really sunny, Christchurch. I'm not sure. The Garden City. Oh. There we go. <laughs> the Garden City. The Garden City from the Garden City. That's right. So joining me from the Garden City, you've already heard her voice. That is Kim Farrell. Welcome to the show, Kim. Hi, Ed. Thank you. Hi, everybody. <laughs> hey, it's good to have you along. Now, look, let's kick off. I'm really excited about this first story. I want to get straight into it. I'm really excited about this news that Japan are going to run an experiment running driverless taxis. Yeah, it sounds interesting. I like it. Yeah, I I really want these to come here. Like, So these are taxis that, as the name suggests, do not have a driver. They drive themselves, the self-driving vehicles, and they're going to run the trial just south of Tokyo in Kanagawa. It's in a defined area. Uh, it's, it's only going to be offered initially for a group of people uh, around 50, uh, 50 or so, and the cabs will go to and from these shops, which is about three kilometers and part of the course will be on major avenues in the city. So I, it's going to be, I'm really ex- I, I would love to be there. I'd love to see this. Yeah, I think so too. Would you though, like, it would still freak me out a little bit, not having a driver in the car. Would it feel weird to you? Look, I, I, I'd have to say yes. I, I think I, I think if it came down to it, I, I, I'd sit in the car, but I'd be forever on edge, you know, looking outside, looking out the windows and making sure that it's we're on track and that it's the car's braking as it approaches vehicles that have slowed up ahead <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. Like, I'd be a backseat driver. Yeah, yeah, no, I would be too. I was just thinking about it before. It would, it would, would feel weird and you'd be worried it'd have some sort of glitch. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I know. You know, plants boot or something in the middle of the city. But, I mean, I'm sure that we have that all worked out, but it would feel very weird, and I think it would take uh, people a little bit of time to get used to it. Well, initially for the trial, they, they will have a driver that doesn't drive, but that just sits there in case, you know, manual override is needed. But that's only for the trial. I think that the aim is that when these things go commercial in 2020 – that there won't be such a a driver uh, sitting there at all, and they, you know, will truly be not just, you know, well, driverless, as in not not even anyone there at all. Yeah, it'll be. I, I guess also when you when you go and you'd have to say where you where you are, and they'd bring up a map and you'd confirm or something like that. But I mean, for me, that's just been travelling. Something like this is perfect because. 
probably, I mean, they wouldn't have a problem in Japan, but lots of other countries, they want to rip you off and want to drive you different places and stuff like that. So you'd hope something like this would be reliable and take you the shortest way. And that is a very good point, actually. There are a lot of countries that will, uh, if I can use the pun, take you for a ride. <laughs> uh, and and <laughs> by that, I mean, you know, what you were saying earlier, they, you know, they go around the long way because, oh, the, the tourist is not going to know and they make a few extra dollars or whatever the currency is, a little bit of extra money on the side. So it, it's dishonest, and but, you know, it does happen. I guess th- th- there's probably nothing stopping them from punching in a dishonest algorithm but i think it, people cotton on fairly soon especially when the locals start using it yeah so, exactly so just imagine this kim if this was in new zealand you know after a, a big night out on on the town in christchurch you could flag a driverless taxi down and jump in and no one but you or unless you're going home with someone else <laughs> and, then, yeah. and away you go how about that yeah it would be cool to see, and I, I'm surprised that you know it almost still seems like sci-fi kind of thing. So I'm surprised that they are doing trials now. You know, It'd yeah. Well, awesome. the trial, yeah, the trials in 2016, and you're right. It's so soon, it it really is. I mean, Google have been experimenting for for some years now on driverless cars, but as a taxi service, this would be. A world first, and I really am excited about it. Even though it's it's not in New Zealand, and probably will never come here for for a long time, I just think it's really cool. Yeah, I think so too. The taxi drivers won't be happy though. There's always something, well, you know. You know, that's a good point. There's the issue of the taxi drivers. I mean, that's how they make their money. What's going to happen, you know, in the future? I mean, already they're feeling the pinch with Uber. I remember having a conversation, in fact, just recently with a taxi driver, and he was saying that uh, really now is the time to get out and make sure that you you have other options, you know, plan B, if you like, for your career. Because and, and he, the reason he was giving was Uber, not, not so much driverless cabs. I think that's still a way off in terms of mm. taking over people's jobs. I mean, even the first one in Japan is only going to go live in 2020. But he was saying, you know, with Uber, it's just really, really hurting them. And I think, you know, fast forward, you know, five, ten years – I think, you know, the same is going to, it's going to get worse, if you like, with the driverless one. So, yeah, it's, you've got you've made a good point. So, yeah. yeah, not a good time to be a, a taxi driver, but certainly really, really exciting for, for the, te- uh, you know, in the technology sector. All right, Skype. Microsoft has released Skype Translator to everyone on, I love the way the headlines say everyone. It really means everyone on Windows desktop, which is nowhere near everyone, but there you go. Are you using a Windows desktop at the moment? Uh, yes, I am. Have you got the uh, Skype Translate? Is it, is it there? No, let's have a look. It did, it did say in that thing that it would it'd be ro- kind of rolling out a little bit or something. Yeah, so I think- might, everybody might not get it at once. I haven't, I haven't received any updates or anything yeah, in the last day or two. Yeah, you're right. They're doing a sort of a rolling... Um, Deployment and uh, I haven't got it. I mean, I've, I've, I'm looking at Skype now on on Windows Seven, and uh, I haven't got that icon, so it hasn't come to me yet. But I, I'd love to try it out. Yeah, I think that this is also super cool as well. Right? Like, yeah, that it's amazing. You know, you kind of think of um, what's it the um, is it Dragon 
the speaking software that people use. Dragon Naturally Speaking. Yeah, that's the one. And people have to train it for a long time before it becomes useful, I think. Yeah. Or you have to do a little bit of work before that works. So if this just works straight away with translating to another language, it's amazing. Yeah, it's it's something that I think, you know, it's funny because as you say, for years – uh, we've had Dragon Naturally speaking for dictation software, and as you just said, you'd you'd have to train the software to recognise your voice and so on. Whereas now with things like Siri and the Google and Microsoft equivalents, you know, you just speak into your phone and it's pretty accurate. It just gets it. And you know, moving on to this onto Skype Translator, it's gonna it's the same. There's no training or anything anymore. Yeah, I think, you know, it really will break down barriers because, you know, you can, like, we could, here's the thing, right, with Boys of Tech, we could interview someone who's made technology headlines who doesn't speak English. We can interview them over Skype. And okay, it's not perfect, you know, it, it sort of will come back in in a sort of translator-style grammar, if you know what I'm saying, but mm. but the meaning, more or less, will be there. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think it's amazing as well. I didn't think this would be ready as well. So, yeah, well, you know, it'll be interesting. I mean, I, I I don't really have anybody that I would talk to, but there must be people, lots of people that will use it. Well, you've just been on a on traveling around the world for eighteen months. Did you? Yeah, did you I've had. I actually have had, had a couple of times where, like, I did meet someone and we were trying to have a conversation, and it was very halted and just yeah yeah so sometimes yeah i could definitely see yeah a couple of times but not a lot i was wondering whether you exchanged uh contact details with with anyone overseas that doesn't speak english while you were traveling i've got uh, a couple of people actually yeah so it would be interesting to try it yeah i reckon you should give it a go and you know i'm and as I said before, I'm, I think we're going to now seek out our first interviewee, our first non-English speaking interviewee for Boys of Tech. <laughs> I know, that would be great just to, to see how it uh, would work. I mean, also you think of people's families, like extended families where the uh, grandparents might be overseas and they speak a different language and the children here might not speak the language, so then they can still speak to their grandparents or distant relations and those kind of things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, it's 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 really good. I this application of technology just really really excites me. I I love it. And I think, you know, in decades to come, I really can't wait to see what else. You know, I imagine someone from 50 years ago being teleported into today with these driverless taxis that are, that are coming out next year and you know, real-time Skype audio translation. I mean, they'd have to start believing this was magic or something. Yeah, it's come a long way. Like, I, I, I'm hopeless at typing very slow and make lots of mistakes. So I'm going to love it when you have something where you can just speak. You know, well, no yeah. RSI. Yeah. No, you know, it will improve um, efficiency so much, you know, if we can, you know, if it just goes further. I mean, you know, also, though, between the you know many years past when dragon naturally speaking was was sort of king uh you know since then i mean even des- home desktop 
operating systems like uh, Mac OS X for some years now have supported uh, dictation. I, I, I imagine, I'm not a Windows user, but I imagine Windows must have something built in as well. I don't really use it myself much, this dictation stuff, but it, you know, for things like Skype, I can see it, it, it very useful. All right, and then last story, uh, some weeks back, we covered a, a story about allegations that Windows 10 was spying on you. Well, Microsoft have come out and partially addressed these concerns in a blog post. What they say is that Windows does, or Windows 10 does collect information so that the product will work better for you. But they also go on to say that you're in control with the ability to determine what information is collected. And then they go on to say that there's advertising data that they won't collect. They say, unlike some other platforms, no matter what privacy options you choose, neither Windows 10 nor any other Microsoft software scans the content of your email or other communications or your files in order to deliver targeted advertising to you. Now, that's obviously referring to Google there. And Apple did a similar thing as well. So, um, yeah, they haven't really, you know, in their, po- in their blog post, they haven't fully addressed the concerns that uh, that were made a while ago. And they're a little bit, I don't know, I find the whole, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but, you know, they've yeah. released in a blog post and it just seems a little light. So, uh, I don't know. And, and I wonder how, how, like, some people would be able to go in and change those settings if they're that easy. I don't, I don't know. Like, my example, my parents, they've got uh, Windows 10. I, I can't see them going in and changing their settings, and I don't know if many people would. So. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's all very well to say that you've got, you know, the ability to change that, but I think there's, there's two things that come to mind. One is what is the default setting for a start, all right, and secondly, how do people find out about these settings? As you mentioned, Kim, I mean, a, a lot of people just will not know that it's doing it because you only you're only going to want to change settings if you know it's doing it in the first place. Do, do you yeah, know what I'm saying? If you don't know what it's doing, you don't know. You know, there's nothing to tell you that oh, I need to cha- I want to change some privacy settings because there's nothing to tell you that they're collecting this information. So I'm not saying that necessarily that Microsoft is spying on us to the level that the allegations had been made some weeks back but I, I think they're not exactly, they've got some way to go I think They're not as transparent as they Yeah exactly, be. yeah that's it mm, Well put Alright Kim, well that's all the stories for this week I, I think I think we've still got one more Ed uh, about Twitter Oh the Twitter one, I, for- <laughs> I forgot the Twitter yeah. one sorry Good call. Thank you. Yes. Uh, Twitter is considering expanding the size of tweets beyond 140 characters. Yes, they're seriously considering removing the 140 character limit. So what do you say, Kim? Is this a good thing or a bad thing? Are you a Twitter user for a start? No, I'm not a Twitter user at all. You're not a Twitter. I don't don't really have an opinion on this one. I know you're a Twitter user, aren't you? I mean, does it kind of, do you have that now and again where you go like, I just want to send more and I can't do it? Well, you know what? I'm going to be a little bit on the fence here. I'm going to say that, yes, it's kind of annoying sometimes when, although, you know, brevity is great and I think, you know, especially on the internet, you don't want to read a lot of stuff. So 
you, you, you need to be brief. But sometimes 140 characters is just a little too brief, even just okay. to get a single point across. So I would like to see it increased a little bit. So maybe to... 180 or 200 or something, but no more. So I think I think it needs to be uh, limited and it needs to be brief. It's just occasionally 140 is, you know, a little bit restrictive. So maybe 180 or 200. I'm being a bit mean, but don't, don't you normally, normally just say I'm at dinner now or I'm having a good time at a party or something? <laughs> Those are the ones I don't read. Well, look, you're right. A lot of people do do that. It's exactly right. And I, I just don't follow those sorts of people. But the ones that the people that I do follow are talking about uh, all sorts of issues and things and, you know, uh, equality and things like that. And when you try and um, make your opinion known or when you wish to respond to someone's tweet about, you know, current events or or, or issues, social issues, it's very, very hard to get something in 140 characters. You can just get as far as, I think that sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just put agree or disagree. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, anyway, there you go. Let's uh, keep an eye out for what happens. I mean, this this is not – this is not – decided yet so we have to wait and see what what would come out with but and there is a project uh, or allegedly there's a, a project called uh, uh what was it called 140 140 plus i think or uh, yeah 140 storm. plus it's an internal project at, at twitter anyway yeah. uh that yeah. is now have i finished all the stories <laughs> That's the last story. Yeah. We're done. All right. Thank you. I've got permission to, <laughs> to end the show then. Kim, I want to thank you very much for co-hosting episode 352. Thanks, Ed. I enjoyed it. Oh, me too. It's been a blast. And we'll do it again another time. Until then, folks, have yourselves a fantastic week. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.